This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, hello, everybody, and a big welcome along to this week's edition of the Sky Blues Extra podcast brought to you in association with the Sky Blue Tavern. Dean leading the line this week alongside Ross Spence and David Moore. Chaps, big smiles on the faces this week. How are we? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Like I said to you just off there then, I said, didn't think I'd be having this conversation with you a few weeks ago for my prediction before QPR. I thought we'd have... uh, Thought we'd have bottled it now, but here we are, fifth in the league with two games to go. I was going to say, because you were sceptical the last time we spoke and the, the feelings must be totally different now. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always said that we're not good enough to go up, but when you're in a position like this with two games left, let's let's just go for it. Like, genuinely, let's just, let's go and beat those on Saturday. And if a few results in midweek go our way, and also at the weekend, we could be in a seriously funny but unbelievable position. And with the way that we are as a club and what we've been through, it would it would it would seriously be a miracle at the end of it. But it's something that I can just see happening. It almost feels like it's meant to happen at this stage, really. So let's uh, let's see where we end up. But yeah, brilliant where we are at the moment. Class, Dave, you were twenty minutes late to the recording of this podcast. I've- are you still celebrating Saturday or what's going on? That was it, mate. I only just sort of come back down to uh, to earth, I guess, about to reality. Um, just to echo what Ross said, really. What, you know, what an incredible opportunity that we've got. I'm still um, very pessimistic because I just think that protects my well-being. Uh, <laughs> once I start to it. admit that they've actually got a chance, I start to, yeah, it makes it not that easy. So, um, yeah, you know, great result at the weekend. Uh, and now we go into two massive fixtures, don't we? And that will, that will, um, you know, we'll see where we are at the end of that. 
it's not about just giving us a chance. I mean, if you look at all these sort of supercomputer predictions and equations, and I hate them, but all of them predict us to be in the playoffs come three weeks' time. Yeah, but there's that one, isn't there, which is the, all the nice colours and it's all very pretty yeah. and it's um, nice got graph. the percentage of swings, right? And I've been keeping a bit of a close eye on that over the last couple of weeks. And you're, not, you're an avid swinger. Yes, exactly. Um, only on weekends, though. Um, but yeah, it's literally, it's been just slowly growing, hasn't it? It's been like 77% chance, 60% chance. Now it's like... Sorry, you know, the other way, you know, we only had like 10, 20% chance. And now it's like half, half, you know, half of the chance, 50 50. You know, how, where's that come from? And I don't know. I look at the run ins and I agree. I think if everything goes our way, we can do it. I can't see that happening. I think we actually need four points uh, to do it. But yeah, we'll see where we are. I was saying to Ross before uh, you arrived here, I, I, when I was in the ground, how many late on. jibes will we get into this yeah, podcast tonight? Quite a lot. <laughs> um, so whilst I, whilst I was sort of waiting for the game to start on Saturday, I just sort of went to my notes and I tried to write down like things that have happened to us this season. So I'm going to go through them here. Rugby being played on the pitch a week before the season starting, leaving it unsafe and un- unusable. Four games postponed in August. The first home game was the seventh fixture. We were bottom of the league at the end of September. Relegation zone until the end of October. Wasps were then liquidated, leaving the stadium up for sale, which was then sold to another third party. We got an eviction notice from said third party. We got a random takeover in the middle of absolute nowhere. And then there was a transfer embargo also on the club. So all those things, you know, one of those things seems to happen to every club, but all of them have happened to us. And to be in this position after all that happening is some achievement. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking, you know, the, the, the season that we actually first started, you know, the attendance was 2,600 <laughs> against uh, Bristol City, right, in the Cup at Burton. So that was our first home game. And now like we're looking at a home ground. game. Yeah. And now we're looking at a home game with, what, in excess of 29,000. Yeah. It's just, you couldn't write it, could you? It's just, yeah, crazy, the... uh the sort of uh, experience we've been on this year, but it's Coventry City. We wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, of course, we'll look back at the action for the Gaines versus Blackburn and Reading. But first, to the EFL Awards in London on Sunday evening. Uh, probably one of the worst ceremonies I've ever seen. And I've been to a few of these types of events and they're, they're not good to, to sit in, but this was this was horrific. I think it's probably just about finished now. By the, by the how long it was taking, there was more breaks and awards given out. But eventually, we heard the news: both Ben Wilson and Victor Yokres have made the team of the season. Pretty good achievement, that Ross. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I, I still, I still can't get my head around Scott over Hamer. I just, I, I can't, yeah. can't understand how a centre midfielder who has a basically an average rating per game of nearly eight and who has eight goals and 10 assists, bearing in mind he's not had a number 10 in front of him virtually throughout the whole of the season, but still has that amount of goals and assists and could actually end up in double figures in both departments, doesn't get in. But we all know that we all know that football is a sport where people are favouritised, aren't they? And you've got sort of media favourites. It happens in the Premier League, it happens in the Champions League, it happens sort of with, with every stem of life, really. And unfortunately, I... 
Alex Scott for for Bristol City is he's one of those he's one of those players, isn't he? Obviously, he's, he's only good... in because he was he won the Young Player of the Season. It kind of forces yeah. their hand to put him into the team. Yeah, pretty much. Even though with one goal and four assists, he should be absolutely nowhere near that. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason that he's been he's been put in there, which it, it is annoying. But I would have liked to have seen three. I mean, I I do agree with some Rob Rum fans, as people will know, I am not. I've been a critic of Ben Wilson. I will happily put my hands up. I mean, he is a legend for keeping 19 clean sheets. I will throw that out there and obviously scoring a goal, which we'll go on to later. But I can see why Rotherham or someone of that calibre might be disappointed because Johansson for them has been very, very, very good this season and has probably kept them in the division, if I'm totally honest, near enough. So, yes, he's had 19 clean sheets, but... If you're looking at it realistically, Johansson for them is a better goalie, in my opinion. So I can see that perspective. But I'll take Wilson in goal and I'll also obviously take Big Vic up front. Yeah, there's quite a few omissions. I think Ollie Norwood, Ryan Manning, Ryan Giles with 11 assists at left back. A few Burnley you know, fans were annoyed about Brownhill over Cullen as well. They wanted yeah, just Cullen, Cullen as well. Yeah. Brownhill, yeah, there was a few few of them that and said Teller's that. in the wrong so, position in the team as well. Oh, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's chaos. Sent him midfielder, didn't he? Because they wanted yeah. to put him in. So, yeah. How could we, <laughs> yeah, shoehorn him in? Uh, and Dave, Robbins didn't get the nod for manager of the year. Obviously, Vincent Company took that award for, for winning the league, which. Again, that's another disappointing one because you think of the job Robbins has done compared to Vincent Company and all his millions. It's chalk and cheese for me. Yeah, I mean they're they're on. I don't know if they're going to set the record. Is it possible? Is no, it 110? It, no. Was it they Reading? It. Yeah, Reading. I think 106 were Reading, but yeah, a yeah. few weeks ago Reading tweeted out saying, "I know it's not the most important thing at the moment, but no one can beat our record." <laughs> they're going down. You know, look, he's it, he's demolished the league um in the times that i've actually seen him play i didn't think they were that that brilliant against us both home and away but clearly in the games outside of that they've obviously played extremely good football and you know they've got the job done at first um sort of time of asking and you know you've got to give credit to that but you look at some of the other managers or some of the other clubs you know i even look at like carrick for example and would probably have him equal to what um, company has achieved this season to be honest um, and the job that Mark Robbins you know we don't need to tell any of our followers on the podcast but from an outside point of view I'm not sure you know just because it's it's Coventry City and it's that they just don't always get those those stories you know sometimes when you look at the highlight reels on EFL we're down the bottom and it's only because it's a relegation battle that we're actually up in the pecking order nothing to do with the fact that we're you know chasing the you know sixth or fifth spot with arguably the third or fourth lowest budget in the league. Um, well, that shows by the fifty-eight seconds we were on the ITV <laughs> program the other night. It's unbelievable. But yeah, continue. No, exactly that. And so look, we all know what a fabulous job Mark Robbins done. We continue to hope that he continues that job. Um, and if that means that he doesn't get kudos from outside. Um, in the other leagues and puts him in the sort of shot window, I guess that can only be a good thing for for us, but for highly frustrating for him. And, you know, they probably could have just took out Wilson, shoehorned him into goalkeeper because, you know, they put Teller just randomly anywhere yeah. on the on the team of the, the season. So maybe maybe we could have seen him at left back or something. But I, don't, I honestly don't get these awards. That, like, there's still games to play. What happens if we win the playoffs? Surely it's just Robbins a chance for a load of people job. to go and drink free champagne, though, Dean, isn't it? Let's be honest. So, yeah. Yeah. I did see Wilson had a little cheeky beer 
<laughs> but he was he was two away from Robin, so maybe he was trying to hide it. I don't know. You could, yeah. One of the photos you could see it, and it's, it's like the goal of the season that the city have put up to, today. There's, we still got games to go. Like who's who's to say is like uh, Wilson scores an absolute thunder bastard from thirty yards out? You know who yeah. knows? Yeah, it's just like it's very peculiar. I don't, I don't get it. Um, it's yeah, odd. odd. I can understand how Matty Godden's goal made that as well against Watford. I mean, yeah. that was literally a pure and utter wind job. And I said that when he scored that goal. And when you actually watch the highlight of it, they replay an angle and you literally see where the wind takes the ball oh, yeah. and basically pushes it. And so how they've looked at that and thought, I'll tell you what, that goal is better than Hamer's against Huddersfield at home. I have no idea. I don't know who's picked that or voted for it, but... Stevie, um, Wund- Stevie Wonder organised it well, this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get moving on to the to, to the Blackburn game. Just under three thousand Sky Blues obviously travelled up to to Ewood Park for a midweek fixture, which is unbelievable support. And for the first time, I think, sort of going away from home, as City fans, we're pretty optimistic, Dave, and, and positive for for a tricky away tie. Yeah, I think for the the remaining fixtures we had, it was clearly going to be one of our hardest, um, you know, hardest fixtures. But I think we are in. You know, Blackburn haven't actually set the world alight. For all of the possession they have, they don't seem to like really batter teams, um, and they've struggled a lot recently. So that I think is why there was such a, you know, op- optimism going into that game. I thought it was always going to be a tricky tie, and it was always going to be interesting to know how Robbins would set up. Is he going to go for it, or is he going to be, you know, a bit more defensive minded? Perhaps like the team that we saw against Norwich away, which was one up and very defensively minded um and i don't know we kind of got a mixed match of both i felt that it was two up top but still very defensively like it felt a very defensive uh performance really like we wasn't really yeah. taking any risks especially that first half i mean i'm not not sure anyone was pretty happy with that first half no shots in that half first time for four seasons for the sky boost to do that um sort of the more the half went on the more frustrating it become didn't it it was it was it was not great. I mean, Blackburn weren't great, but we were we were worse. We were way worse. Um, Ross, do you think the game was maybe too big for us at that point? Um, well, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I missed a little bit of the first half. But you I'm, didn't miss uh, much, mate. You uh, didn't miss uh, much. And, and you know what was actually ironic? I actually said this would be a game for us in the second half. I said I'm not actually too bothered about missing the first half because I knew we'd probably either play bang average or maybe pull off a bit of a stinker in the first half, which I was right about. Um, but luckily, we were only 1-0 down. I mean, I saw the defending for the first goal. And I just thought, oh, come on, City, not now, please. Yeah. Not the most bang average goal you're ever going to concede. A ball in the box, he just heads it in, and he's the tallest player on the pitch. It's like, come on, please wake up. But yeah, it was uh, it was something not to be too missed. But I uh, I don't think the occasion got the better of us. I just think we've done it a few times this year where we've started ridiculously slow in games, like where we just take it almost takes us. 30 to 40 minutes to even realise that we're playing a game of football and we need to actually wake up. It's it, We've been a weird team at times this year. And I think it was just one of those moments where we just had to pray. It was only 1-0 at half time and Robbins was going to get into them. And it's always an indication because we were out really early in the second half. So obviously I was back literally dead on half time. 
and I was watching it on the telly and I saw we were out straight away and I thought, right, they've, they've been peppered by Robbins now. He's told them that this is one of the biggest 45 minutes they're probably ever going to have. So as in a cough shirt, so let's go out there and perform. And I thought we were we were, we were were much better second half. I can't lie. I thought we, we did turn it up a notch. I mean, we still weren't amazing, but we turned... We turned the sort of notch up quite a bit from yeah. what it was in the, in the first half. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it was the occasion. I just think it's we've got it in us to play like that. How much of that change in the second half was down to to Liam Kelly? Do you think, David? Yeah, I mean he had a really really good game. I'm, I mean I I think he's obviously at the end of his his uh, sort of tenure with us. Um, I think at times he'll struggle to do his body will struggle to do what his intelligent football brain wants to do. Um, but yeah, I think he, he just brought in a bit more of a calming, uh, influence, didn't he, within the team and started to get the ball back to the, on the deck really, and, and start passing it. I think we sat off of them a lot. I think we've encouraged a lot of balls into the box this year. I don't know why we do that because we're not, although we've kept a ridiculous amount of clean sheets, I never really feel that confident that's about defending balls into the box, but we do seem to encourage that a lot. You know, I think back to read in a way when we just allowed them to just whip balls, you know, into into the box for Carroll to try and get on the end of. And it felt a bit the same. So when we conceded in that fashion, it wasn't, you know, didn't really surprise me because we were sat off them. Um, but we started to get things going. I thought Panzo started to, you know, the defenders started to bring the ball out of defence with a bit more conviction, whereas before they were going side to side. Um, Those changes uh, in the last 15 minutes sort of injected life, didn't it? Because then it, yeah. it felt like pure graft at that point that we were going to try and get a point and suck the ball into the net. Yeah, it had to. And we had to just sort of pep, pepper them. Plus, you know, twin that with the fact that I think they naturally started to sit sit off and they were not playing as, um, you know, with the same tempo as they were in the first half, for sure. And that sort of, that obviously told, didn't it? And I think it's just, I don't think there's any team in this league that can't be broke down and beaten I know we we struggle sometimes to do that but in that sort of scenario you just got to sustain pressure because there's so much at stake now that even the most calm of uh, players you know like you know Hyam we saw it at the weekend with him things happen you know Agent Hyam to you Agent Hyam to me yeah um He's got a big, some big brown paper envelope, wasn't it? it was... <laughs> not, not from your pocket, that's for no, sure. No, not from my pocket, no. No, he'd be lucky to get a beer out of me at Dylan's. Uh, same as you lot. But yeah, I think it's, um, it, any sustained pressure is going to cause mistakes. And at this level, or this, this, you know, this stage of the season, people are going to be, um, you know, panicking with Wolves fizzed in. So you've got to start peppering them. And, and we, we don't always do that. We try and score the perfect goal. Ross, be honest. Did you see Ben Wilson being the the hero at the other end of the pitch this time? Oh dear me! I've never jumped out of my seat so quickly when that went in, and I I couldn't figure it out. And then when I saw him celebrate, and I was like, "He's Wilson! He's scored!" <laughs> I just could. And honestly, it looked like the most blatant handball I've ever seen. When it first went in, I thought they are going to be so annoyed that if this gets given because it just looked like he completely handballed it. Yeah. Then obviously afterwards, you probably saw my tweet to them where you've where I, I just sort of rubbed a bit. Uh, of one mood. tweet. I think I've seen about four hundred oh, tweets yeah. from you. Absolutely I, 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 I had to rub a bit of salt in because <laughs> they were just getting so salty about it. I just thought, oh, grow up. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's evidently obvious the goal stood anyway. And you can see from the angle, it doesn't clearly hit his hand. If it does, it 
probably minutely touches it, but the referee's never going to see. Not deliberate that. ploy to hand the. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's not like a Sammy Smodich, which they did. In oh the yeah. Week. Still tried to celebrate, by the way, which is the ironic side of it. But yeah, when he when that went in, I just I I couldn't I could not believe it, and that that almost felt like we we we're kind of destined to do this when yeah. your goalie scores when you've only got four games left in a season and your goalie scores in an away game against a team that have got games in hand on you and are up there with you to equalise, it it felt like we'd won it. It generally felt like we'd scored a winner. Like, I don't think anyone could quite believe. I mean, I couldn't go because, as I said to you off air, my cousin's wedding was on the Thursday. I was planning to go last minute with some of my, my friends who had gone up so they went and paid on the gate, but I just... It, I had too much to do and I just, but I was so gutted that I, I, the first thing I said when I got to my cousin's wedding on the first day, I was like, oh my God, I'm so annoyed. I was not at that game last night. You stopped me from been... getting involved in those. Yeah, I, I missed, I missed a Coventry goalie score live <laughs> a game. Like I've never seen that in my life. So I was like, but I, I got to see it on the telly, which is always a, a good thing. It wasn't Clive Eakin on BBC Coventry in Warwickshire <laughs> where I was hearing it and probably calling him, um, probably call him Callum Doyle or someone like that. Do you know what I mean? So it was a, there was a plus side to it that I got to see it live, but yeah, it was never expected that, but. Surprised you didn't go all the way back to sort of Kieran Westwood, you know, to. Yeah. Or, or Hyam, I would have thought he, yeah, I Hyam, expect yeah. he called him Hyam. Tom Hyam scored header for Carl. I also think no matter where you were watching that game in the stands at home, etc., I think we all reacted in the same way, like just pure elation and, and, disbelief in a, in, a, in a way because of how poor we were and we've got back into it snatched a point and then obviously it gives you the impetus then going going ahead into into the rest of the season yeah it was it was uh, it was almost like remember last year when we just kept equalizing or scoring yeah. goals i know we've not done it as much but we've had a couple this year and it just shows you yeah we've not done it as much this year but we've still got that bit of balls and steel about us where we can go and nick a game in the last minute of of it do you know what i mean we can go to a team and and really rub salt in the wounds like it's funny and, you say that because the sky commentator actually said oh coventry haven't scored in the 90 plus minutes this season and yeah. they did it seven times last season yeah so it's we've not we've not relied on that as much yeah. as what we had done last year but it just shows that when we do need to do something like that sometimes we have got it within us to go and to go and do it. And I think we put enough pressure on them to probably try and score a goal. I don't think we created loads of clear cut chances, but we were we were sustaining a lot of pressure and it was just what a way to to end the game when your keeper scores in the 94th minute of the game or whatever it was. It was uh it was one like you said, I think every city fan in that moment just couldn't believe what, what they were watching. And I was definitely one of those people. I was like, how have we just scored with the goal in the last minute of the game? The team point. in that the team in that aspect feels a lot different from like yesteryear, doesn't it? They do really go till the final whistle. Whereas yeah. oh, I yeah. think in years gone by, we used to just see out result and go, it's not going to be our day today. Like yeah, this team does see, you know, Robbins does seem to have built a team that believes they can, you know, win a game. Even you know, even when it was one-one, they were still back ready to sort of get going and try I and. Another five another minutes of that game, we win two-one. 
Yeah, yeah. More added time in that game as well because they yeah. time wasted so much. Yeah. While there was only five minutes, it would have been really interesting if there had been eight or nine minutes and we'd scored with four minutes left to actually. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We'd have gone and actually scored because I think they'd have thrown the jugular to try and win it, and I for some reason could just see a counter attack and a scoring again. And if we'd have won that game, my god, the limbs would have been some. <laughs> <wouldn't they? laughs> it would have lost a few limbs, maybe. If yeah. we were sat here talking about, you know, uh, time wasted and minutes wasted, though, um, you'd be wait. You know, we'd probably be here talking longer than you lot waited for me to join the pod. I was like, about it's to say, just... talk about time wasting. Yeah, but it's true. Like, you know, every single game, you know, so I, I think the worst one, I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was Wigan. I don't know who it was. It was, I think it was like nil-nil. And it was like from like the 30th minute or something. And I was like, how are you starting to do that from the 30th minute? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, it is mad. Right, let's get some. Uh, let's get some man of the matches. I think I know who it's going to go to uh, on both accounts. But Ross, go for it. My my one and only best friend, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Super Ben Wilson. In goal. We're going to get you a side shirt, I reckon. Yeah, you got to got to get me a shirt with his like like he did with Oggy on the unseen bitch. I you know, saw that. Yeah. There he wears his little night bag like a kid going to his first training session, and he's on the floor on his knees to Oggy's. Looks like a sweat. He's like going to a swimming lesson. You know, everyone. Yeah, he, those he always he, he always has that little night bag on, and he'll make some form of joke to the camera and go, "Evening boys" or something like that. You know, he's just one of them blokes. He is. Yeah. I, I've been a critic of him, but he is he has got a really funny bantery side about him. Like I bet he's a really good lad, but yeah, he's yeah. he's my back of the match. Dave. Yeah, no change. Um super Ben Wilson in goal. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Okay, let's look back at the Reading game from Saturday. Four changes for the Sky Blues in this one. In comes Dabo, Panzo, Wilson Esbrand and the skipper making his first start, Liam Kelly. Uh, Ross, I'm glad you brought up about those first 30 minutes in games where we look you know, not at the races effectively, but I think for the first time, one of the first times this season, we looked absolutely on it, didn't we? From the from the off, reminded um, me of the Bill game a little bit. That didn't yeah. we? We started really, really quickly and aggressively, and I just think it was just pure momentum from the fact they knew that they. I mean, I don't know how they've calculated there was only twenty three and a half thousand. I was about to say, let's hope the tax man wasn't looking. Yeah, because there was definitely more than that. There was at least twenty six thousand in there on Saturday. But regardless of how many, I think they knew they had to turn up. And Robbins would have said, "Look, you win today against. Let's be honest, the poor team. They're not. They're not a good team at all." 
you win against them, you've got a team that have got nothing to play for the following week and who are a local rival and a derby, derby regardless. And then you've got a Middlesbrough team that will probably either be going for automatic or in the playoffs by that point, by the time we play them. So we can probably go and get there and get something, if I'm honest, especially as I feel like if they're a play in the playoffs, that they'll make some changes for that. I think they'll rotate the squad up a little bit because they won't want to play up Akpom and players, you know, because he'll have the golden boot by then. It's sealed anyway, so he, was, he won't need to play. Um, so I think Robinson said to him, just go for it. And they 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 really showed up. The, the tempo was high and we were creating chances early. I mean, obviously I was behind that goal and we we should have been three up before, before yeah. we scored. I was going to say, it could have been easily against. two or three. I mean, that Jokeres one-on-one, that was Jeez. the big one, wasn't it? I mean, the unbelievable pass from, from Hamer. Um, but he looked in two minds and that's, 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 Vic's downfall, isn't it? Being in two minds over stuff. We've we've said it for for the last couple of seasons. When he's got too much time, he doesn't do the right thing. And that's probably what's setting him apart from being a top, top, top striker to where he is now. Oh, most most definitely. And the thing is with him though, I know people will get frustrated. And you can I could tell at the end of the game, although we'd won, he was really annoyed because he's a very easy player to read. Because when he's annoyed, he'll walk around the pitch on his own at the end of the game and clap instead of being in. And at the end of that game, he was still obviously happy that we'd won, but he walked around and clapped on his own, which indicated to me that he's was not happy with himself at all that he'd missed those chances because he could have probably had six if we're being totally honest. He probably could have had expectation on himself though, isn't it? And he knows that that was a big chance to try and catch Tube Akpom because let's say he scored three or four in that game, he'd have been on 24. I think Akpom's on 27 or 28. So if he scores a couple against Birmingham and a couple against Middlesbrough, he probably could have caught him at that point because yeah. being four off with two games left is not impossible. So, you know, he's he's probably seen that as a kick in the teeth for the golden boot and knows that he's, he's gave it away himself by that and could have had more goals. But the one thing I will always back him to do is, yes, he does have that in him, but he won't now do that again for a long time. So he's got out that out of his system in the right game. So I guarantee you, if he gets that chance against Birmingham, he's running down, he's slotting that in and he's doing his little celebration in front of the Cov fans. And then we're singing, we've got a big Swede on our side. So that's what gives me the bit of hope with him that that will be in his head all week now that he's done that. And he'll have to make amends for that. He's, he's that type of player. And he'll know, let's be honest, He's going to want to be that guy, isn't he, on Saturday that, that wins just the local derby and he's yeah. going to be the one that, that takes us that inch closer to the playoffs. So that's I've got spotlight, no... spotlight, doesn't he? Yeah, I've got no qualms that that's not going to affect him. I know some people go, oh, that's not why he's not Premier League. No one's no one says he's perfect because if he was perfect, he'd have, he'd have left us in this summer, just gone and someone would have really gone for him. But he's our star player. He's, he's kind of basically put us in the position that we're in. Because if we didn't have him, we'd have been in a lot more trouble. And players at any level will miss chances. And unfortunately, when it hit the post, when he put it wide, he just had one of those days. He could have played for three hours and he probably wouldn't have put the ball in the net. So he's just lucky that we weren't playing a great team. We turned up as a team in general. And the other chances that were there, we took and we got three points. So it's nothing to, to, to dwell on, so to speak. So yeah, there's no... It'll be kicking himself, but he's not. I don't think he's going to get too disheartened. I think no. he's really going to want to, in front of nearly 30k people, by the looks of it on Saturday, he's really going to want to turn up and put on a show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Um, talking of chances, we took that first one for, for Matty Godden, Dave. Uh, brilliant finish. And 
I think what I like mostly about this is how much we recycled the ball, kept it in play. Obviously, Eccles won that ball back and it eventually fell to Goddard with that brilliant volleyed finish. Yeah, at that time, we were having so much pressure. Reading were a little bit, you know, didn't really know what, which way to turn, did they? And opportunities were were, were coming thick and fast. Um, and it, yeah, I think you're right. Like, we were just, we wanted Saturday especially in the first sort of 25 minutes or whatever, we wanted to win the second, third, fourth and fifth ball, didn't we? We didn't, we were, we were going for everything. And that's how this goal came about really is that we were acted quickest twice to, to, to basically take advantage of, of that. And it was such a busy box, but great technique from Godden, like, you know, the amount of times he would have done that across it, you know, against his son down the park. <laughs> but his, no, the his amount... son's only very small though. I didn't see him on the pitch afterwards. <laughs> Wouldn't take a lot yeah. to go past him. Well, I was referring to the, have you seen the Instagram when he just pinging penalties at his son and his son's in goal and he's <laughs> yeah, like, he's not like, today, son, not today. He just, all, is he? He's yeah, he just stings one into the bottom corner. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, great finish. It's what you expect from from Godden, really. Uh, great technique, great finish. Um, and you know, at that point, you just thought, like, you know, this is it. It's going to be going to be a route. I mean, just on the Vic one, I agree with with what Ross said. To, to be honest, that he he is a fierce competitor, and he isn't a selfish player. He's just demands it well. He he's greedy at times, yeah. like. But what I mean is, I don't think there's any bad blood with teammates that people want to sort of insinuate I'm glad you said online. That, I've read on Twitter this crazy. week about yeah stuff about him and God and hating each other. Yeah, I'm just it's, crazy. it's absolute nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. I think anyone you know they want to read into anything. He was just not having a, his best game. He holds himself in in such a high regard that he should have at least had a hat trick at the weekend, and and. His frustration was, you know, was was evident when Bidwell cleared a ball with 10 minutes to go and he was like waving his arms like, yeah. why didn't you pass to me? And it's yeah. like, mate, we're clearing the box. Like, you, <laughs> we're trying to just keep hold of this 2-1 lead, mate. We're not trying to set you up at every opportunity. But I think that just shows about how he feels. He feels if Bidwell have put that anywhere else, he would have brought that down and maybe, you know, ran with it from Makes the halfway line like we've seen seen him do you know, this season. So I think yeah, he he's going to have a great game on, on, on Saturday. Like I honestly think he'll get to, um, and I think, I think it's a comfortable and we're, we're going to go on to that. But, you know, I just think when you look at defensively Birmingham, he's everything that's wrong for them. If yeah, that makes sense. Everything they don't want to face yeah. is, is <laughs> exactly. big, big for sure. Um, and obviously soon after half time, we, the uh, Reading equalised for for Lucas Yao. Um, kind of all stemmed from a stupid pass from from Dabo, who tried to play the ball through for like five Reading players in a crossfield pass. But imagine my shock. Yeah, it was just daft, wasn't it? Did a lot of daft things on Saturday, Frankie Dabo, and it's just, I suppose it's the main frustration is with him is that we know how good he was and how good he could be, but he can't he can't get to that level anymore. It's that's the frustration, isn't it? Yeah, he's if, if, like I said to you off air, it's 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 a difficult one for me because obviously I as as I said, I the the sort of deep tissue work that I get done. Obviously, I know what what he's been through personally, so I do have a lot of empathy for the guy because I just know he just doesn't trust his body, and I think that's pretty 
obvious to people that I've been saying it for months that this is the case. And I think people are now starting to see it more and more that when he runs, there's something in him that makes him think, no, I can't do that. And I think he's almost lost all self-belief within himself that he had previously and in and what we'd seen in, in other years. Don't be wrong, Dabo's never been a convicting wing back. He's never got loads of assists. Jake Bidwell's got more assists in one season than Dabo has in nearly three and a half years at the club. But he was fast, he was agile and he, he offered was, you an outlet, didn't oh, he? Yeah, yeah option, he was yeah. strong. He was a good ox on that right wing, but he's just unfortunately through injuries, through lack of confidence and a constant build up of back-to-back injuries, he's just lost that that sympathy. And unfortunately, there is no there is no sympathy in, in football, unfortunately. No. You're not at a certain level, and we are now at a certain level as a club. I think last year he would have got away with it more but this year he's not getting away with it as much because it's standing out more for one as we don't have a number 10 so we rely on our wing backs a lot more because in final thirds of the pitch that is where we try and play through or through Vic we don't have a number 10 in those pockets as I said on the last pod and it's standing out that he obviously doesn't have that quality or pace to do any form of threat so to speak in the in the final third I think it's that's a lot of it is also he's worried about getting back I think yeah because he knows that if he's exposed then he's got to get get back and I I think you're right he almost half looks like he's pulling up because he doesn't want to push it too too much basically it's Uh, sad to see really it's really sad and it's, it's it's not nice for the guy and I know that he's had so much off the work, off the field, sorry, work done to try and help him with rehab and to try and get himself up. I know at one point he was training twice a week and then he was obviously getting deep tissue work with the guy I was in. He was seeing a chiropractor. He's had so many problems with his body. It's it's ridiculous. Like it's just completely sold out on him really in the last year and a half. So I do really, really feel for the guy when I watch him because I just think you were never a top top player but you were a you were a good good player that we used to rely on and what what do you think the decision was on Saturday to bring him back in into the fold? Did I you think... think Robbins felt it was an easier fixture? Um you know because if he was if he was really worried he could have pushed um fads right if he was really concerned he could have pushed fads um I, I just think that he wanted to give him one last game because I don't think he's going to play on Saturday against Birmingham at home. I think he'll go Norton Coffee and Wilson Esbrand. I think those will be the two because I think mm. we really want to go at Birmingham. And for us to go at Birmingham, we have to have pace on our wing backs. And Norton Coffee can, and some people's be a little bit who are, so to speak, in terms of how he plays, but he is naturally a lot quicker and fitter at getting up and down the pitch than. Fankerty Dabo. So I think he wanted to give him almost one last little try out just to see if he could he could have a game in front of a of a big crowd, really, because I don't see him bringing him on at all unless we're really struggling and he wants to make a change for 20, 30 minutes. Because then Dabo can run up and down like a lunatic because he's only got 30 minutes to do so. He doesn't have to think, right, I've still got another half of football to play. So I just think it was a case of he wanted to almost give him a, a as much of a run out as you've he got a much higher opinion of <laughs> Mark Robbins' sentimental side than than I have. I I see him as uh, I I maybe I don't know if it was minutes after the Blackburn game just to try and squad rotation. But if that is the case, then I'm I'd be I'd be shocked to learn of 
a sentimental side of Mark Robbins, that to be honest, but um, maybe he has he's started to he started to change. You know, he's given it the old rock fingers and stuff. I'm about to he? say he's down with the kids now. The old he rock is, fingers yeah. came out. Yeah. A couple of thumbs up. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's definitely changed his aura, hasn't he? The last few months, Robbins. You can see there's a lot more of a, a, a side to him that he's he's enjoying himself. It must feel like a weight's lifted as yeah. well, you know, with the start that we had and 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 that, you know, he can actually start to relax and enjoy it. And he, he's in a no-lose situation. Oh, 100%. You know, he, he knows that, you know, if he makes this, and I'm sure the whole team and the changing room want to make the playoffs, but he, he knows really that, you know, he's got credits in the bank, hasn't he, now after such a fantastic season. I don't think anyone could could have any arguments. And the relationship yeah. with the ownership as well, that's probably, you know, that takes a lot of pressure off him. As well, yeah, massively. He, he, has to, he had to front up front up every single question where he doesn't have to do that now. There are, obviously, there are still some question marks over Doug King and his, you know, his ownership. We're not, you know, we're only sort of in the infancy of that, but he had to basically be, a voice for Sisu, didn't he? In, in a way, because they didn't have one, so you've yeah. got a lot, a lot less pressure now. He can just concentrate on managing a football team. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, talking of injury, I don't know if how you know a lot, a lot of people may have overlooked how crucial this was, but after Zhao's goal, there was like a two-minute breaking play. Well, I think a Reading player was getting treated, and I think that really helped us because we scored immediately after that. Yeah. Um, it allowed us to sort of settle down a little bit and maybe get a game plan because all the players went over to Robbins and, you know, find a way to get back into in, in the front of this game. And we did, obviously, the inevitable Hamer with that with that run and then the composed finish at the end. Yeah, it was, for me, he's, he's I've said it before, he is probably the best technical player that I've seen in, in a Cobb shirt. The way he can pass a ball he can control a ball. He sees things on the pitch that other people don't. Yes, he can be indecisive at moments and things like that. And he's not going to be pitch perfect, but he is one hell of a player. And when he plays for us, I can never, I can never say there was a time that I've watched him where he hasn't given a hundred percent in a shirt. I think I've only watched him once where he was terrible. And that was Norwich at home with Sheep because they were both abysmal in that game. They were the one of the worst I've ever seen them play, but you will have games like that sometimes where you're just not at the standard required. But Every time I watch him, especially recently, he just gets better and better, doesn't he? Every time you watch him, like I just love the fact that when he slides in, I mean, he did a tackle and he literally did like a, it was almost like a slide 50-50 tackle and he absolutely smashed the ball and it pretty much went up to like Rose Ed and straight away the crowd were like, yes, and it gets them going. He's and he just, bounced up out the tackle as well. Yeah, and he, about, amazing, he, just, yeah. he has no qualms about it. He's just so technically gifted and so humble with what he does and I'm so glad this year that he's added a lot more goals and assists to his name because it was something that we said last year he needed to to do to be known and if you actually one thing that makes me realise how good of a player he actually is is when you see a lot of opposition fans that have come to our ground this year and a lot of them said yeah Victor Jokres was impressive but that Hamer in the middle of the pitch for you was ridiculous and I actually saw a lot of people commenting on the awards last night in the team of the year Hamer robbed, Hamer robbed, and it was like Middlesbrough fans and other fans of other teams saying that he should have been in that team, which to me shows he's such a highly rated midfielder in this yeah. division. And we're so lucky to have a player of that 
calibre. So yeah, his 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 goal was brilliant. Like you said, he just drove forward with it, which he's got better at this year at doing. Obviously went for the shot, which did actually look like a handball originally. But I, yeah, thought I said that as well. I thought luckily it, it bounced back to him, and he just had the composure to just to just slide in. And really, he should have had two because he should have scored that other one on one that he got put in on. But we won't we won't dwell too much on that because as we know, Vic missed a lot of chances. But yeah, he's some player Hamer is. He's probably my favourite. I would say along with behind Ben Wilson. Yeah, behind um, yeah. we'll over that. <laughs> was that the best rendition of "You're Not Singing Anymore" you've ever heard, Dave? After the goal, oh, unbelievable. It was pretty loud, wasn't it? It yeah. was pretty loud. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just on Hamer, what a player, what a talent, um, incredible finish. But he just the reason that that you know knock on happened is because he just makes things happen. Because like Ross said, he's so he, he runs with so much intent now. And when you run at players like that and they back off, there's always things going to happen. It's going to you know, come off someone's leg or, or whatever. And he, he has really started to make things happen this season for us, I think, which is a lot different. But yeah, what, you know, what an atmosphere on Saturday. You've got to just say it's just absolutely incredible. You know, we all remember the days when we were down there and there was like 5,000 fans and it was, you know, you could hear a pin drop in the in the, in the the ground. It was all so negative. It's not like that anymore. It's absolutely incredible. Um, Did you manage to get a pie at halftime? Mate, I'm off the pies. I'm off oh, the okay. pies. I'm saving them for one big blowout when we get playoff promotions. <laughs> <laughs> just going to sit there on a day and just have as many pies as I want. Um, yeah, hopefully on I follow as well. Yeah. But, you know, the city deserves this. Um, the fans do. I, I hate this nonsense about, you know, our day trippers and stuff like that. Who cares? You know, not everyone can go to the game every week. Not everyone wants to go to to, to watch that every single week. But if we can get 29, 30,000, just under 30,000 out there against Birmingham. Um, you know, what a fantastic day for anyone that is, is, you know, is able to have got a ticket. Time for Dean's Debbie down of the week. Um, look, I, I was disappointed we didn't score more goals. I think with the way things are shaping up now in the league and how tight it is, like, I feel like the goal difference is now kind of like worth an extra point with how things are. Ours is actually quite good, though, if you actually look yeah. at it. Especially like Blackburn are on minus two. There's someone else, I think Preston are on quite a low goal. Yeah, West Brom are on a similar to us, aren't they? Yeah, like we're, 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 we've actually got a good... So if we keep a clean sheet at the weekend and score a couple of goals, we'll be on 12 or 13, I think, going into that last game, which is a good goal difference to have it's a plus goal difference which is important and it's double figures as well so yeah Sunderland are on 10 Millwall are on 7 where they can't they that's it I think their goals have dried up haven't they yeah um yeah. West Brom are on 8 um so we're, we're no point then. talking about Norwich or Preston really but... yeah I think they're out of it now aren't they yeah yeah I think it's the one that we've got to watch for really is Swansea, I think. They're coming for a little late stint, aren't they, at the moment? We're the only it's... only team to take points off them in the last eight games. Yeah, massively. I mean, but we're actually, we've only lost once in 15, I think now, I believe, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Swansea, we're and that was push the, at the right time. And that was the Stoke game, wasn't it, where we were absolutely abysmal. So yeah. it's to only lose one in 15. I, and is, is it right that someone said that the first goal that we conceded outside the box this year with Wilson in goal was... Saturday. Saturday, yeah. 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 Again, that was something else the Sky commentators commented saying, Oh, he hasn't been beaten from outside the box. Well, he and then, then has Jao did it. Yes, Yao did it on Saturday. He's a yeah. player that I'd love at Cobb just to throw that in there. Uh, and that was a great player. finish, wasn't it? It was like pick your spot. All right, thanks. You know, quite it, slow though. 
slow yeah. motion. That's what yeah. he felt like. He's a, he's in a poor team. Let's be totally honest. He was he was in a team that you could see he was getting frustrated on the like throughout the game. He he's in a team that he has no service or anything around him. Imagine him playing with Jokeres up front. You know, it would have just it, we'd have field days against team. They're both in behind, strong, good on the ball, can finish. He's probably actually a better finisher than Jokeres as well. If we're being honest, when it comes to actually one on one finishing, but he's a player that I wanted last summer. But I believe he's actually out of contract this summer at Reading as well. So he's one I would definitely sniff around if I was Cov. Absolutely. Um, let's let's wrap this one up then. Let's get some uh, man of the matches. Quite a few good performances. Uh, let's go with you, Dave, first. Yeah, it's got to be Hamer, really. I mean, I spend most of my pod life at the end of man of the matches saying Hamer, um, and it's this is actually quite... pre-recorded. We're just we're just looping it back. Yeah, in. but. It, it, it again, like he was just everything. I say the same thing, but everything that we'd done that was good came through him. And not only that, but he's added a defensive game to it, to, you know, to his, his sort of game. He's added that. Um, the tenacity, the pressure that he gave, I think, got us on the front foot and put Redding under under pressure. Uh, and on a day where Jokerez is having a bit of a bad day um, and at points was sort of, you know, not moping around, but not his is exuberant self. I think Hamer made up for, for what we lost there. Ross? Yeah, I'm going to give it to August. To be fair, another player that I've been a critic of, but Kelly did actually have quite a good game on Saturday. So I'll give it where it's credit's due. And I think it helps that he's playing in a team where he's got runners around him. I think that's what makes it better is because normally we played with a two and a 10, which is where he got exposed. But I think having an Eccles and a Hamer who both run around actually benefits him a lot more because it means that he can just use his brain while others then can run around and do the dog work in front of him, which suits him. Was it his reverse pass into Gus? Yeah, Yeah, it was. Yeah, It was. And also he did one. He also did one to Jokerez where Jokerez hit the post, if you remember. He drove forward and he did a little slip ball into him and Jokerez got it out of his feet and he hit the post just on just on half-time. So Kelly was a close second, but I just think the, the goal, and like you said, um, Dean, the, obviously, the um, sorry, Dave, the way that he just played throughout the whole game. Yeah. But I, gr- I agree, Kelly had a had a really good game. It was yeah. good, great to see because, yeah, you know, nice to see. If, if, we, if we is... actually need bodies that can come yeah. in and do a job and he did was, more than yeah. that, right? I was going to say, actually, because obviously we've all kind of questioned... Liam Kelly's future and what how else he has left to give, but maybe this is the type of composure his old head is what we need at this stage of the season. Yes, I mean Sheaf will be a, a big miss. Let's be honest. I think I would I would definitely prefer to have Sheaf in the middle, but there's pros and cons of some players. And like you said, Kelly is an experienced player. He's been in a playoff push with us before. He. Like he said, it was a, even Robin brought up. It was good to hear the old Kelly and Doyle song again. That brought some back some memories of the League Two days of the playoffs and stuff, and it brought back that that vibe. Apart from it wasn't Michael Doyle, it was Callum Doyle. But yeah, it was it was nice to see him have a have a good game really as well. So fair play to Kelly. But yeah, obviously I've, I've got to give it Gus. He was the best player on the pitch for me. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Right, let's look ahead to the final home game, the crucial home game at the CBS. A full house will be in attendance just short of 30,000. I think the only tickets left are on the balcony uh, or on the roof if you fancy climbing up there, but you will get dirty looking at the state of the place. Um, the atmosphere is just going to be unreal, lads, isn't it? I mean, I can't make it. Um, I'm absolutely gutted. So last week was my last game. 
until the playoff final, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, it's going to be unbelievably raucous in, in, in the CBS, isn't it? Yeah, it's just going to be, I, I don't know. You know, you, you say how loud it was Saturday. It's going to be that and some because of, you know, it's that one closer step, right, to to what we need to do. And um, I think, it. you know, we, we hear so many cliches, 12th man. It literally will be the 12th man. Don't forget, you know, Roma bring in 4,000 fans, so they're going to be loud. Um, four and a half as well. Actually. Yeah, okay. So, And a local derby adds to the drama, doesn't it? Absolutely. But, you know, we haven't had a fixture like this up the CBS, have we, for a long, long, long time. It's going to be unreal. I think it makes it better that it is a local derby. I think it's such a good last home game of the season to have. I'm hoping that the weather starts to brighten up a little bit and it's a nice sort of sunny day when we're playing and we can play some some crisp football on that pitch. Because let's be honest, they're, they're not amazing. They're safe. They've not really got anything to sort of play for. They lost to Blackpool at home at the weekend. Yeah, they're, and in the fashion, I don't know if you saw, but in the fashion that they did that, you know, just yeah, rolled, it, rolled, it, rolled it back to their striker. Yeah, rolled roll straight back to it. The, the only thing they're going to do that's going to cause us any problems is they're a physical team. I've watched us away at them. They'll, they'll go direct, a bit like us, but obviously we do it in a bit of a better style. They'll go direct. They'll probably play Troy Deeney. They'll probably play Jukovic and they'll probably play Hogan. They'll probably try and go three up top and really go at us from the side because they've got nothing to lose. It's a derby that they're going to want to win. And also, to be fair to them, when they do come to us, they are normally quite loud so we're going to have to be it's almost going to be like a competition of who can be the loudest which obviously would naturally work in our favour but it's going to make it better because I can sometimes find when you have four and a half thousand fans like West Brom who just came and sort of stood there like that and made no noise it almost makes it a little bit of a worse atmosphere whereas if the away fans are singing which I'm sure they'll be singing keep right on and all that stuff but we start singing our songs it builds up that momentum and that pressure for us especially when we out sing them and things like that I love that sort of stuff when it when it happens and it just gets you really emotionally involved in the game so to speak so I think yeah, that it can that. charge it can charge moments in the game can't it when yeah, it, the, when it gets to a height you know of, of that it can charge moments in the game and the players and are gonna they're, they're gonna hear that before they even come out they'll hear that in the dressing room they'll hear the noise they they know that this is if one of if not the biggest games the club's had in the past pretty much since they've been down from the Premier League, if we're being totally honest. Yes, the League Two days were important, but this this could get us into the playoffs of the, I agree. Of the championships. And these players will know they, they've got to show some real grit and really... I'm getting goosebumps, them. Ross. You, 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 you're selling it to me. I'm, I'm becoming like an Aguero. You can't, though, because there's no tickets left. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's becoming like an Aguero moment, isn't it, where he was building it up for that. But yeah, it's... Uh, I'm definitely going to be really nervous on Saturday and I've I've not been, I was nervous for Blackburn. I was a little bit nervous Saturday, but I kind of knew we'd win that game. It would have to be our own mess up to do it. But this one coming up is the, is the one. And the fact it's a local derby just makes it even more special. And if we can win that by a couple of goals, um, I mean, I know Middlesbrough sold out, but if anyone does actually listen to this podcast, what you do you mean? Like, if anyone actually listens to the podcast, if, 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 if anyone listens, to the I podcast, hope so. What am I doing here? Right, I'm off. Right, I'm if, off. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone listens, yeah. to what I meant to us, if anyone listens to the podcast that does actually have Middlesbrough tickets or know anyone who does have Middle Middlesbrough tickets, sorry, please let me know because I would <laughs> like to attend that game, the final game of the season. So, <laughs> um, how how well do you think we'll deal with the pressure, Dave, on Saturday? I think we'll boss it. I am not scared at all about Saturday. 
I, it almost for me feels like a uh, last game at Highfield Road scenario and occasion. I think it's going to be an absolute carnival. I actually think it's going to be harder for them to get back up for Borough because I think that there's so much emphasis has been put on this game. And when they ultimately get through it and then that euphoria, they've got to then come down and get prepared for what's even, you know, a bigger game realistically and tougher, harder. Yeah. Um, Faster, and, and stronger. All of them. All of those. All of that's those. Uh, volume two, words. I was trying to think what they're called, <laughs> objectives or whatever. But all of all of that it, it is. And I think, you know, the Middlesbrough game is going to be really, really tough. And I'm I'm worried about that. I honestly felt pre-Saturday that these two would be fine. And 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 I look at, you know, teams like West Brom and Sunderland even and I and I felt that we might fall short at 69 points and just not get what we need at, at Borough um, but you know who knows we've seen some really odd results this week and I think the best we can hope for is that we win two or three um, the win is the most important and then when we're shaping up to the Borough game people have dropped to points so there's only a few that can get in that day um, you know, I mean, you say that, but it, it it is actually inconceivable that we could end up in a position on Saturday where we win, we go, and that yeah. guarantees our place in the playoffs. I mean, you look at this week, Blackburn, Burnley. You know, Huge, Burnley yeah. can win the title there at Blackburn, their biggest rivals. Sheffield United, West Brom. You know, if Sheffield United win that game, West Brom are, you know, maybe out of it. Sheffield uh, two... that, they go back to the Premier League, I think. Yeah, so there's, there's that. that. And then you've got Millwall Friday night going to Blackpool who are fighting for their lives. They're getting results lately. Mm. So, you know, we could be in a position where a win and a couple of results going our way on Saturday could actually cement our place in there, which is absolutely Jeez. bonkers. Could you imagine if we won and it was actually results had gone our way and at the end of full time, everyone's doing the old, the nature of whistle blowing for the rest <laughs> of full time. It's a cagey 2 0 or 1 0 game or something, and we're going, referee. And then we're looking at the other scores and we're basically in, oh God, the scenes at the end of that game. I generally think there'd probably be a pitch invasion if that happened. I to be honest, that's what I'm generally scared for at Borough. Yeah. Like I, 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 I hate these. The last one we had was was it Charlton away and yeah. Leicester, oh, we yeah. flip flopped right four, when we lost four one and still yeah. stayed up right and yeah. and I I hate those days really. They're just they're no fun because someone's got a you know well it's going to be phones and refreshing the screen. Someone's not got signal. Someone has. Someone makes a little rumor up and. Travels around just, like a Chinese whisper. We were talking to the other yeah, day about awful. everyone buying little AM and FM radios from Argos <laughs> to take. Yeah, well, you. I want something legit. If I'm going to hear a rumor, <laughs> I want it to come from myself, not yeah. not anywhere else. Yeah, um, but it is going to be, you know, that that's the game that I'm I'm concerned about for that. I I think we'll 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 blow them away, but I can't I can't see it being wrapped up this weekend. Personally, I think there's too much that needs to happen for that to to thing. But who knows? I mean, that's I think Sunderland will will. Um, I think Sunderland will will win their last two games. Personally, they've right. got Watford, I think, haven't they? Yeah. Who have got nothing to play for now since they're I completely they're, out of they're, it, yeah. they're still not a bad team. That's the only thing. I'd rather have Birmingham at home than Watford at home. If I'm being yeah. totally honest, yeah. So. No, agreed. Right, let's get some predictions then for this game. Uh, let's start with you, Ross. <sighs> I'm going to. I mean, go you, you were you were pretty cocky about five minutes ago, and then you've I'm just given me a big puff I'm, of the I'm, cheeks. I'm, I'm, 
See, I, I don't want to be a jinx because I hate being that guy because I just I just don't really. I'm, well, should I'm, we leave I'm, it? Should we leave the predictions then in case we do? Let's, let's just not. Let's just not do that. I'm going to go two 0 Carl, hundred percent. I'm backing us to it. Like like Dave said, I have no fear. The only way we lose this game is if we play to the occasion and we let them somehow get in our heads of it being a local derby. If we just play normally. We've got a striker that can cause them endless amount of problems if we put the ball in behind into the channels for them. So I think he's going to turn up. I think Hamer will be on fire as well. I think he's going to be full of confidence. I think all of them will be really, like even Wilson Esbrand, when we scored that second goal, he seems like he's quite emotionally invested with this playoff run now and he's got a bit of passion. Like He's posting Instagram posts and stuff now as well. He seems a bit more lucky. He, he, he knows cares. he cares. Yeah, it's like good Callum Doyle looks like he cares. These players yeah, Doyle loves it. They 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 want to have something on their CV like this. They want to go into these big games. If they want to go and on to play for Man City, they're gonna want to have playoff semi-final and final on their CV in when they're 19, 20. It only helps their careers go forward. So yeah, I, I don't see anything but a win from us Saturday. So 2-0. David Moore. Tempted to say 3-0, but I think. Plus, plus two goals anyway for start. I, I think that we'll just blow them away. I think we'll start very fast and I just think we'll be too much for them. I don't think that they're, you know, they're not a great team. They're there where they, they are because of, of that fact. Defensive, I think attacking, attackingly, they're better than they are defensively, if that makes sense. And they've probably just ground out some results and... I think we'll, yeah. I think that our game is too much for them. I think when I look at the recent results, Millwall, Millwall throw balls into the box. They'll probably swallow that up all day. But they, what they won't have is a player like Vic trying to run past them and Hamer breaking into, you know, into space from, from midfield. I just think we'll have too much and 2-0. Well, it's going to be a huge week for the Sky Blues. And of course, we'll be across everything on our Sky Blues Extra social channel. So please, if you don't already Start to follow us there. We're across all the usuals. And also, if you can, please rate and review the podcast. It helps those pesky algorithms too. We would really appreciate it. Uh, a big thanks to everyone for listening and to our partners at the Skyview Tavern. We'll be back next week, hopefully celebrating three points. But until then, if you want to get involved in the conversation, just use the hashtag SBE podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.